You are listening to the DOCUS podcast, brought to you by the Irish support agency New South Wales, a podcast designed to promote the mental health and well-being of the Irish community in Australia. Each month, we will explore a different aspect of mental health and well-being, guided by the latest evidence and facilitated by an expert in the field. Please support us by liking, subscribing and sharing. Enjoy the episode. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to August's episode of our DOCUS webinar and podcast series. My name is Katrina Gillen, and I am the outreach, wor- outreach worker at the Irish Support Agency, and I also sit on the Mental Health and Wellbeing Working Group. Before we get started, I would like to acknowledge that I'm hosting this webinar from the lands of the Gadigal people. I also acknowledge the traditional custodians of the various lands on which all of you are watching. We pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. DOCUS will be brought to you on the first Monday of each month with each session exploring a different aspect of health and wellbeing. All of our previous episodes can be found on the Irish Support Agency YouTube and Spotify channel. If you have any questions throughout the conversation, please feel free to pop them into the chat box and we will leave some time at the end to get to those questions. Tonight, we will be exploring managing expectations, our own and societies. Have you ever felt pressure to achieve a certain milestone, a career, marriage, education or motherhood by a certain age? At some point, many of us will have witnessed how society's expectations of what we should have in our lives and by when affects us how it demoralizes us, how it becomes a driving force in our life and the inflection point of our decisions. So how can we get a better understanding of what it is actually what we want in life? Things that align with our values versus the expectations that we put on ourselves through social conditioning and being told, well, this is what you should want and also a sense of inherited legacy from our parents. Well, joining us this evening to dive into this is Claire Quigley. So Claire is an Irish expat and psychotherapist. She works both in the corporate world and with at-risk clients. She believes living in line with your true values is the ultimate path to happiness and fulfillment. So good evening, Claire, and thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. So Claire, let's just jump right in. This notion of setting ourselves up with a timeline for our life, why do you think we do it? Honestly, it makes us feel safe. Like, there's so many options, right, in the world when we kind of grow up and we get into this bigger world. But, you know, having this path that's like predetermined, that's set out for you, that is like correct, it's like, it makes us feel safe because we're like, cool, I know what I'm doing. I just have to. If I get a good job and I get married and I have kids and I buy a house with three bedrooms and a laundry, I'm going to live happily ever after. And like, I don't have to worry about it. Like my happiness is like in hand. But then what happens is it's a bit Disney fairy tale, you know, we get to like 35 and we're kind of going, oh, <laughs> don't really know if I want that sometimes. And it can get a bit, it can get really confusing because it's like, 
but that's what's going to make me happy that's what I'm supposed to do um so yeah I think it just comes from a sense of safety like it's just it's the done thing it's the road most traveled with the most signposts yeah and I've actually never thought of it before as like coming from a place of maybe wanting to feel safe like I just know culturally when you grow up in Ireland this is what you do this is what your parents do this is what your cousins do and and there's that kind of set timeline and of course sometimes people may do one thing before the other but um yeah it's it's really interesting and I have so many questions for you tonight so I suppose moving on to that next thing of what we actually want um so many things play a part in the goals that we set for ourselves so there's society there's the cultural norms that we'll touch on and family but how do we go about ourselves figuring out what is it actually what I want for myself and not what my parents want for me or society wants for me unmute myself that is a million dollar question but I think we can't really talk about this stuff without taking into account like the socio-historical context in which this path was created so for and this is particularly for women right so for our parents and grandparents time they didn't really have a choice that much right so like on a really basic level like women couldn't have a bank account until the 70s so like our grandmother is just you got married or you didn't get a house like that was kind of your options right and even for our moms like you know contraception didn't come in until the 80s and divorce was the 90s so it was you know you you had kids that was what you did and you couldn't leave basically even if you wanted to so what we're seeing now is it's the first time a generation as a whole has actually had a real choice in whether it's not when you get married and have kids it's if and that's never really happened before um so it's kind of hard to know even how to navigate the process of deciding if or deciding what else because there's no signpost for that right there's this path it's signposted it's the done thing we're good to go but where it really starts is kind of finding out what your what your true values are and also like what they actually mean to you so i'll give you something you see this with like marriage counseling a lot right where both people in the couple, and I'll use a man and a woman for arguments I hear, will say they really value family. Right? Okay. And from the woman's perspective, what that means is maybe moving closer to her parents and siblings, having lots of time with her kids, doing all this stuff. From the man's perspective, it means living somewhere where he can have a good job so he can provide like a good life and send them to good schools and So they both said family, but it means completely different things. So when we say talking about your values, saying I value freedom or I value family or I value whatever, isn't really enough on its own. Like we have to kind of go that little bit deeper. This is something we do a lot in counseling and therapy is what does that mean? Like what when you say family, like what? Like what does that actually mean? Like how does that kind of work into your actual life? And it's only when we really look at what is really, truly important to us that we can then match the goals that we have to what's going to have that like intrinsic motivation. So an example I would use is like, let's say one of your like life goals was to learn French, right? But the stuff that you valued in your life, you you don't live in France, firstly, but the stuff you value in your life is like spending time with friends and family and like exercising the time you would have to take away from those to learn French 
with no real benefit to like your work or social life or anything means you're probably just not going to do it right no it's just probably not gonna have it and many goals can kind of fall into that basket of like they might not really align with who we are anymore and you know sometimes our goals and our values change especially if we've had this in our head since we were like 10 years old you know one day I'm going to be married and I'm going to have kids and we haven't really kind of re-examined that at 30 as to like is that still where I'm at what I want what's kind of in line with my life so yeah it's really about kind of coming down to those core like three or four values what those values mean to you and how they fit into not just your life now but kind of your short to medium term future planning yeah interesting and how difficult is it to rewrite our own agenda so once things don't go according to our original plan because there's lots of things for example that I thought as a teenager about where my life would take me and firstly Australia was not on that um that list or anywhere near it you know so things do change as you say and sometimes some people do just go with the flow and that will always be their goals but yeah what if it doesn't go to plan like what if we don't meet that man or woman of our dreams or we can't have children young or we haven't got that that university degree that we always thought we wanted yeah look it can be really challenging there's kind of two parts to it like one part can be like a grieving process that needs to happen so even if you change your mind and you don't want whatever it is anymore the thing you want thought you wanted you can still sometimes feel a bit sad that you know that dream is over that you've moved away from that path that you know you've changed so much that that's not really what you want anymore so there can be a grieving process that happens as part of that but also it depends on a lot on how I guess open we are to the various life paths like if we had like a very stringent goal in our head from when we were really really young like you know this is exactly what I'm going to do and I'm going to live in that house over there and I'm going to have exactly two kids and they're going to be a boy it's actually the more specific our life plan is the easier it is to be disappointed because sometimes you know there's certain things we just don't have control over and then sometimes we change our mind on other things so it really just depends on a few different factors but it it's something that we can kind of work through in counseling and therapy to kind of drill down on like what those values are but I would say a really good question to ask is to is to ask yourself the question like to answer it because what we'll often get is like these automatic kind of negative thoughts that are like why did I not get married like what's wrong with me why did I do this what am I even doing here like what am I even doing whatever you know those kind of everyone gets them right those kind of thoughts and a really good thing is go well why am I here like what what am I actually doing like write that down like you know I'm doing this or I'm you know training for a 5k or I'm doing this or that or this is what I've been doing so sometimes we kind of get caught in the loop of what have I done or why am I doing this without actually answering it and sometimes when we answer it it can be really powerful to be like well actually there there is a reason that I'm to say like what am I even doing in Australia is one <laughs> here a bit right and it's like what are you doing what what do you do in Australia like what 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 do you love about it like it's a 
it's a great place to start and usually you hear things like you know oh well I've got this job and I did this and then I've done all this travel and there's great weather and I've got loads of friends it's like okay so, so that's what you're doing in Australia <laughs> that that's what, so sometimes it can be good to actually kind of work through some of those internal questions as to like what what are the steps that I've taken to get me to where I am on this path and if the path is no longer what I want from my life now I've changed my mind I've changed my mind again yeah how do I get to where I want to go and um Claire I know some people really put quite a lot of pressure on themselves to achieve certain things which can be so damaging as we've said but how can people cope if they feel like they are underachieving at life? First, there's you can't underachieve at life. Like there's, I always say that, put that out there. Like there's no one, you know, like when we when we eventually die, there's no one like standing at the gates with a list saying, "Oh no, you didn't, you didn't do number nine. Like that's it. Sorry, <laughs> you know, that's not not really how it works. But it is really easy to feel that way especially if you're surrounded by people who all seem to be taking path a and you're like I don't even know if I want to go on path a like I don't I don't even know if that's for me but kind of seems to be what everyone's doing no one wants to feel like the odd person out no one wants to feel like you know they're doing something wrong or what's a really big one is feeling like they might live to regret like the choices that they're making now so the way I kind of often talk about this is that you know, if we take it in terms of rather than like a life path, if we take it in terms of like exercise. So like there's going to be some people that really, really like running. Right. Traditionally, everyone had to do running. There was no other sports allowed, particularly for women. Right. Just everyone has to do running. Now, for the first time, people can do cycling, and swimming, and yoga and lots of other sports. So there's going to be still some people that love running. And those people, you know, they're going to keep running and it's going to be great. But maybe you might like cycling. And it's kind of hard to relate sometimes if you're only surrounded by people who really like running. Because they're talking about, oh, I did this exercise or this, or I got this top or these shorts or these runners or whatever. This is not really, some of it's crossing over, but it's not 100%. So again, it goes back to like getting in touch with those like really core values, like, what we want what we need what we like to do and maybe making some friends who also like cycling because there's nothing wrong with friends and I, I hear this a lot from people when they go home and like it's like everybody's you know they've bought a house they've got married they've had kids or whatever and I don't I don't even know if I want that like single whatever it is and it's like you know maybe they just really like running and they're probably really happy running and that's great um and it's okay if you don't like it's totally okay if you like swimming and if you put it into terms like that people kind of go yeah well that makes sense not everybody likes running duh like that's really obvious but we find it really hard to marry those different mindsets when it comes to like our life or our, like life path or life plan or even our life stage because you know people might get married later like some people might have like a lot of their friends who got married when they were 25 and they might be 35 or 40 or, you know, and some people might have friends who have four kids and they might have one kid or no kids. And it's just, there's so many shades of gray in there <laughs> that it's really hard to say this is the exact, like, you know, do these three things. But 
I think for the first time, and like I've said, we're kind of experiencing this really wide range of choices now. And it's it, it freaks a lot of people out because they're kind of saying, I actually have the choice, but I'm afraid that if I make it, I'm going to regret it because I don't know anyone who's made. I've never seen somebody make that choice. I've never seen someone choose to get married later or to not get married or to, you know, buy their own apartment and build a career or whatever it is that's just off that kind of traditional timeline. And it can be scary, but, you know, if it's in line with what your true values are, then that is the best way to be happy, if that makes sense. Like where, you know, if you really love cycling, you're probably not going to love running no matter how hard you try to love running. (laughs) And look, I think that's something that um, I hear quite a bit, actually, in my role is Sometimes people can find it a little bit triggering maybe if they're returning home on holidays and they're very happy with their life here in Australia that maybe they don't have children or they haven't settled down in that traditional way yet. But if they're returning to Ireland, most of their family or friends have, um, that they can feel like they're questioning maybe, am I actually happy? Um, And Irish people are terrible, particularly of like our parents' generation for asking you to your face why you haven't done it. Like you've gone to the shop to get milk and they'll be like, why aren't you married? And you're like, what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just came out to get a slice pan and a pint of milk. I wasn't really expecting to have this conversation today. That's very true. I actually read something funny recently where it's not appropriate to say, why are you still married? <laughs> but <laughs> um, I suppose that leads me on to my next question. Um, so for anyone who feels like they need to communicate their new plan, as we would call it, with their loved ones, what advice would you give? So say, for example, someone, I decided that I don't ever want children, but um, you know that's something that my parents always hoped and expected that I would do as their daughter um how would you maybe advise hypothetically hypothetically for me to have that conversation with them it's thorny that subject because there is no it, it is socially unacceptable to say things that are said to people who are not married and who don't have children are socially unacceptable the other way right which is not right but it is the way it is I'd say it depends on how close you are to the people and how open-minded they are. Because one thing I've seen, and like we know, is there is going to be a percentage of people who just, they just don't get it. Like they just, they will never get it in the same way that, you know, my husband really loves fishing and I've tried. <laughs> I just, I don't, I, I, it's not for me. <laughs> like, um, And they're just never going to get why this life is so great for some people. And it's again, like, again, use my exercising analogy. If you really love running and you've only ever hung out with people who love running and you've lived in a place where everyone goes running and that's all they do, someone trying to explain yoga to you is going to be like, what on earth is happening? <laughs> like, I don't like, they might be like, okay, I get that you like it. I don't, I don't really get it. Like, so I think we can't really control other people. Unfortunately, we can only control ourselves. So it's sometimes about, actually just managing our own mentality and our own like you know reactions and kind of putting it in a box of like where we cannot get upset by it if they keep going now if you're really close to the person and they're the type of person you can have the conversation with being like look I just don't think it's for me 
and even, you know, feel free to use my running cycling analogy um, if you want. It tends to kind of people tend to get it a bit better. Um, and some people will accept that and some people won't. And like what's actually often harder than people's like parents or siblings where they can kind of say, like, I'm not sure if it's for me or they can be a bit more open. It's actually usually like the random neighbor or, you know, your friend from school or whatever. Or people, you know, they have a few drinks and they're like, do you not think you'd want children though? And you're like, I don't want to. And it's hard not to get upset and kind of feel like your way of life is under attack constantly as you go home and to feel like you are actually doing something wrong and you are actually making the wrong decisions. And it kind of goes one of two ways where people will either feel really anxious about going home and kind of like semi-avoid it because it's just like they just feel like they're going to be stressed the whole time and like nobody wants that or they kind of near give in and just go oh fine like you know I should probably do it and like their own happiness becomes like a backseat and so it's often about how we think about like the intent behind it and even though we might feel attacked it's sometimes good to remember that it usually just comes from a good place like our parents want us to be happy right if all they know is this one path and they don't really know anyone like personally who's deviated from that they're going to be really scared for you when you deviate because they're going to be like what if she's not happy what if something goes wrong this is not the formula (laughs) this is not the plan and when you kind of view it like that it makes it a bit easier to kind of go they're just trying to protect me they're doing it wrong, but that's not the point. <laughs> the intention is good and it makes it a softer kind of reaction and a softer conversation. And sometimes it's just a case of going, ah, like, you know, the way, like if your mom is really into Carnation Street or something and you kind of just go, oh yeah, she's just watching, but she's mad for that. I don't really get why. If you can kind of get it to where you can put that in the same basket as like, oh yeah, don't know why she loves that show, but she does, but sure luck, leave her off then it makes it a lot easier to take if you can bring yourself to a point where you're like I'm comfortable in my decisions and I'm like a broken record but just go back to the the values and like knowing that consciously to kind of take a step back and go well you know I kind of built this life based on my own values based on what I want I know that they don't get it and they're worried especially if you're over here and they're like worried for you that like you're over there on your own and you don't you might be don't have a husband you don't have this you know they and it, it comes from a good place. Like it's not out of badness, but unless they know lots of people or some people who have kind of traveled a road like that before, it's easy to worry. And if everyone else in the community is going like, you know, down the traditional path or most people are, it's easy to kind of be worried about your because you never stop being their child even if you're 40 (laughs) like that doesn't they don't stop so you know some people will take it really well if you say look it's just not in the cards for us it's just not for me right now um and they'll kind of back up and some people won't (laughs) um and we unfortunately can't control whether they take it well or not we can only control whether we get like really upset about it and it's obviously easier said than done to like not get really worked up. And, you know, if it's someone you're not particularly close to, I'd say it's relatively acceptable to be a bit sarky if they're really pushing you. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so 
we've talked a lot about women. Um, I guess like these um webinars are recorded and we do have a lot of um, male viewers as well. So from that perspective, do you think men also put pressure on themselves to achieve these certain milestones? Yeah, 100%. Um, I think it kind of looks different. For women, there's definitely a lot more pressure on like the like marriage and babies part, particularly having kids. And as soon as you get, it's weird because as soon as you get to around like 30-ish, people really start asking you. And then when you get past about 40, people kind of stop asking, <laughs> you know. But I think for men, there's a different kind of pressure. So they put more pressure. And I've worked with a lot of men who've kind of gone through this where they put a lot more pressure on themselves to like earn a certain amount or like be able to buy a house and like that, like more the financial end of it. Um, But I definitely think the pressure exists for everybody. And I think we've all seen it where, you know, lads will be getting the piss taken out of them for like, when are you going to propose or like, you know, and it happens across the board and it is unfair, I think, on everybody because other people's relationships are none of our business. But I do think our generation is getting better at that whole, you know, don't ask somebody when they're having a child thing. Um, but it's not across the board. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, and obviously, as we we're just talking about, you know, women and biologically, that that question comes up and um, for some women who would like to have a family there are those biological restraints on when that can happen which can cause a lot of stress and worry what would you say to someone who feels like that option is maybe slipping away the first thing I'd say is you know really get into that values and like what you want kind of work and decide you know is the option slipping away or am I letting it go right because those are two different things where thinking I always thought I'd have kids there and there's a grieving process that goes with both but it's very different where thinking I always thought I'd have kids but now that I'm 35 I'm kind of thinking maybe it's not for me is very different to saying I still really wish I could have kids but I don't know what's going to happen um there's also a lot of practical options to explore I mean outside of the emotional like things like egg freezing and sperm donors and all that kind of stuff I know lots of women who've done that have gone that road um and it can work really well so you know there's really looking at all your options because you don't have to be married to have a baby anymore <laughs> I mean you never did but um it's a different world that we live in now and there's so many different options I know lots of women who did like egg freezing when they were in their mid-30s and then like kind of revisited that a bit later um so it just really depends on whether it's I'm now a certain age and I still really want to have children or I've decided I'm not I don't think I'm going to or I'm not sure um and you can I mean you can still look at the options like anyway either way uh, but it's definitely kind of a different discussion and just being really gentle with yourself around kind of any sort of grieving process that you might need to go through and I mean feel free to reach out to someone who's like a, who's a counsellor and there's there's a lot there's I think there's a few Irish ones that specialize in grief as well um that can kind of work through that because it's it's a special kind of grief that one it's different to like if somebody dies or you've lost someone absolutely and like I think that maybe this gives us idea that it's such a huge topic and something that's 
not talked about a lot like I think a little bit more in Australia you'll see ads on TV or hear it on the radio around egg freezing and things like that but um yeah it's something that um is maybe still very unknown um especially um within the Irish community maybe um and there's that cultural difference I find Australians are a bit more I want to say liberal but probably is the right word with that kind of stuff like they're just a bit more open yeah. like I've had I've had people like I'd be at like a work drinks and someone would casually be like oh sure I did the egg freezing a couple of years ago like it was fine like it wouldn't it's just not like you wouldn't ask somebody but people tend to bring it up quite openly like it's not usually something that's like a secret yes yeah I find that as well actually since I've moved to Australia I've never heard it discussed at home but that doesn't mean the options aren't there it's just there tends to be a little bit more secrecy or privacy which is you know entirely up to the individual themselves and that's interesting where we've touched I think throughout the cultural differences between Ireland and Australia but we can see it from both sides totally and like it's you know it's not even it's cultural differences between Ireland and Australia but also the generational differences like I said before where it's like the options that were available in like 1987 and the options that are available now it's just so different like across the board with like work travel career like whatever it is like you want to do so even sometimes like going back to like you know parents who really want you to get married or you want sometimes the advice parents might have could be like well-intended but out of date like you know it could be it could be based on Ireland in 1970 which is just a completely different world than what we live in in Australia in 2023 or even in Ireland in 2023 like it's a different country now so kind of taking into account that while we might make choices that might be seen as a bit left field or a bit out there and our families or friends might not really get it if we're kind of really in touch with our own values and what we really want like being brave enough to kind of say this is what I want so I'm going to do it and kind of not not let other people's worries or concerns or opinions kind of pull us back and that is obviously much easier said than done but and how would you suggest maybe if you're in a relationship and um maybe you've always discussed for example starting a family over a period of years but actually drilling down on that um you know, and looking at when is the right time? Oh, I'm a big fan of a direct question. Um, So I just ask, like, honestly, and like, you know, if you're in a partnership where you've been discussing having children, presumably you're together for a while, presumably you kind of like pretty committed. So, you know, something like I've been thinking about it and I really want to talk about like when we would want to have kids and like, what would that look like? And also, what does that look like? Because sometimes people's expectations can be different. Like, how many children do you want to have? Like, how are you going to work, like, parental leave? Like, are you both going to take some? Is one person going to take it? Like, what are the options? What is your financial situation going to look like? What does your work situation look like once you have a child? Like, are one of you going to go to part-time? Are you both? Are you both going to stay full-time? Like, how does that kind of work? what are the kind of responsibilities that will kind of come off what are the restrictions you might like really kind of exploring what that means for your relationship 
um and just I mean yeah just being really honest and saying I really want to have a family and you know or maybe it's I really don't want to have a family <laughs> go either way I've changed my mind I don't want to do it anymore and just being like you know when do you think would be a good time to start or what do you think would be you know would need to be in place before we start and if somebody kind of gives you an answer which happens like oh like you know one day a good question to follow up with is well when is one day like what is the time frame and I think often particularly in Irish culture we kind of shy away from those like really direct kind of vulnerable conversations but they need to be had especially and like don't like you know when you're a certain age it's like you know if you're 22 and someone's saying one day okay that's a different conversation than if you're 32 right it's it's a totally different conversation so kind of being aware of what your one day looks like and saying well I was thinking one day might be next year or two years or five years or you know what what way does your one day match up with mine and how how are we kind of meeting in the middle or are we on the same page at all because sometimes and it's really hard but we we might not be um but it's you know it's all information yeah absolutely um well they're kind of the questions that I had for you Claire is there anything with this topic that you feel we haven't touched on or maybe we can um look to see if there's any questions from um those joining us tonight yeah I think we've covered most things I think I guess the key takeaway is really there is there is no life timeline I mean there was for a long time but it was you know enforced by a series of restricted laws for a lot of people and you know now we live in this amazing world where we have all of these choices and while it can feel scary and overwhelming it can also be really great if you get the chance to live kind of in line with your real authentic self instead of what you should be doing um so that can be really amazing but outside of that I'm happy to take questions if anyone has any yeah let's just look to see if we've got anything in the chat box coming in Okay, this is a really good one. What advice would you give to help tell your family from home that you don't plan on moving home and plan on raising a family in Australia? Another thorny subject, but um, it depends on your family, right? So if you have the type of family where you have maybe like an auntie abroad or like some cousins abroad and like your family have like seen this before, they're probably going to be a lot more receptive than if you're the first person ever in the history of the family to do it, right? So moving home or not moving home is a really, really personal issue, right? And everybody makes their decision either way for their, and there's so many factors that go into it. Like there's economic, social, like weather like everything and I know I say weather as its own factor but really it is it needs it. <laughs> it really I think is it. July I agree <laughs> yeah it really makes a difference um but I think just being as honest as possible and again look it depends on how receptive your family are to these kind of conversations right we can control what we do 
we can't really control how they react or what they do. So just being really honest and saying, look, you know, I've made the decision that I want to raise the kids here for I mean, whatever reason. And it could be, you know, and I've heard a lot of these reasons from friends I have from like Ireland or the UK or whatever, where, you know, there's opportunities here that just don't exist in that part of the world. There's, you know, the schooling, there's maybe you guys have better work here and it's going to just be easier all around. Like, and sometimes it's just because you've been here for so long. Australia feels like home now, you know, the home that you lived in 15 years ago, 10 years ago, whatever, doesn't exist in the same way. Or maybe it does. Like, I don't know. It's really, really personal. So kind of really working out in your own head, your why and like your why can just be it feels like home like it doesn't need to be super detailed but kind of presenting it to your parents or family or friends and also presenting it almost as like a this is the decision we've made like it's not a consultation like we've already we've decided um and just being prepared for kind of pushback and you know try to hear them out that might try to change your mind and just being able to say look I get that you want to you'd love if we lived here like our lives are over there and like maybe we can put a plan in place for you guys to come and visit for like a couple months of the year we can go home you know and just kind of working out what that looks like and I think those conversations are getting easier as obviously we've got a lot more technology now and there's a lot of people living here that have kids I think there's like Irish family events is like a whole thing separate to um, the ISA and look it's it's never really an easy conversation and again it's I mean it's hard because all you can really do is prepare yourself that it's going to be hard and or it might not be depending on your family they might be super accepting it depends on who it is but they may already think yeah that this could be an option but and look I think as lo- the longer you've been here and if you've already got kids here and they're born here I think you know sometimes it's a bit of a soft landing where they're kind of like yeah okay we thought that might happen or we've kind of come to terms with it and just making sure that you have like that real conversation saying, look, you know, we're happy for you guys to come and visit as much as you want or you can come and visit us. And just, you know, this is the way it is. And look, it's been that way for forever, for all of human history. You know, people have moved to different parts of the world and set up life there because, you know, if if we didn't, everyone would all be related to each other in the same area. It's like part of human, human nature to, to move around a bit. So there's always going to be a percentage of the population that moves and that stays moved. And that's just for a myriad of reasons. And there's always going to be people that move back and neither neither choice is right or wrong. It's just it's really down to your own personal circumstances, feelings, emotions, everything. And it's, it's never an easy decision to make, but yeah, the more open the conversations, the better. And also just preparing in advance, if you know, it's going to be difficult, like what you're going to say and, you know, how you're going to, how you're going to manage if you get a really negative reaction. Absolutely. And just one more question, managing your expectations when you want it to be higher up the career ladder, but keep getting knocked back. So that's more of an individual one. That's a good question. Um, so I'd say it depends on your industry and your career. Um, the first thing I would do would be to look at 
is there any and this this I I only know this for certain industries um is there any qualifications that need to be done in Australia is a really practical one because sometimes our qualifications don't quite translate um and also is there anyone in your industry or in a position that you want to get to that you could have as a mentor um so separate to my other stuff I run a mentorship program for women and we deal with a lot of this where we get like women in who are saying like I kind of want to be in like a you know this kind of role or I want to but I don't really know how to get there I don't really know how to navigate this um so we would match them with someone who's already navigated that to kind of help kind of shine the light right like show them the path to a point um so that can be really powerful and that's something that I think is particularly prevalent with women where if you're in certain industries, and I, I don't know what industry we're talking about here, it could be something totally different, but I know in like tech or finance or legal or something, there's actually just not that many women in senior positions. So it can be really hard to find someone to help you navigate how to get to where you're trying to go. Um, so yeah, mentorship is a really great way to do it. Asking for feedback is also another one, like saying like, you know, yeah, I didn't get this job. Can you tell me why? Um, and then again, like a broken record, but going back to like your values and what's important to you, like say you're trying to get promoted, like why? Like what's what's driving that urge for promotion? Like what's what are you wanting to get out of it? Is it more money? Is it a better title? Is it you want to manage a team? Like Like what's the kind of driving force? And then how might you be able to achieve that in another way if it's not happening for you, whether it's your company or your industry or the type of role you're in? Because I know with certain industries, it can be really hard. Like there's like a lot of stuff you've got to do to move up the ranks or, you know, with certain job titles, it doesn't they kind of don't really go up. They kind of go sideways. And it just it really depends on on the industry we're talking about. But yeah, a mentorship program could be really helpful. Yeah, that sounds like a brilliant idea. Okay, well, look, I think that's all the questions we have. So thank you so much, Claire, for joining us this evening and um, sharing your insights. I think there's a lot that um, we can take away from that. And um, thanks very much for everyone that's joined us. So have a lovely rest of evening and we will see you again next month um, on the first Monday. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks for tuning in, everyone, and we hope that you enjoyed the episode. Please don't forget to rate and review so more people can find us. Until next month.